Welcome into another week of Tennessee Talk. I'm Chase Hoke here with my guy Noah McKay. Follow us on Twitter at TN Talk Pod. Like us on Facebook at Tennessee Talk. Subscribe on iTunes. Give us that five stars. And if you're listening to Ino, since we are affiliated with 1069 Kicks Country, welcome. Now let's talk about these uh, Tennessee Titans who uh, find a way to reel us in and let us down again. Yeah, um, I'm annoyed with the Titans right now, Chase. I am. Uh, I quite frankly think that the decision Mike Rabel made at the end of that game was utterly and completely stupid and incompetent, and he's trying to show that he's a good coach instead of just being a good coach. And I don't understand it, going for two. And certainly I don't understand throwing a slant to Taewon Taylor in the back of the end zone on when you're going for two. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, the Titans' offense was incompetent for a half, and it's a problem when 19 points feels like an offensive explosion, which I think is how some people are feeling, like the offense finally got it together. They scored 19 points. That loses 90% of the time in the NFL. No, you're absolutely right, and what's crazy is it does feel like the offense got it together. It, like, it really does, and and you're absolutely right. 19 points is not going to get it done in the NFL. No. It doesn't even get it done in college, much less high school half the time. And it took a pass to Luke Stalker to score 19. Luke Stalker. Uh, which brings me back to my point of last week, that this GM has done an awful job of giving weapons for this offense. He's done an awful job at it. Luke Stalker and Anthony Ferkser on the last play of the game to score a touchdown. Those are your two targets you're throwing the ball to? What is this, 2013? You're trying to throw it to Bishop Sankey now? Like, we should bring him back. He'd be an upgrade at some positions. Like, what? what is this team doing? I... DGB would be a better wide receiver than Darius Jennings, who can kick return apparently, but he can't catch a football. So I don't understand so much that's happening with this team right now. I just don't get it. One thing I don't understand is I'm not I'm not surprised that Vrabel went for two. He's shown that he's aggressive and he's been consistent with his aggressiveness. But that play call sucks. You're, you're throwing you're throwing a jump ball to Taewon Taylor in the end zone, and quite frankly, he didn't even jump for it. It sucked. Like what? What is that? And the play before that got they got bailed out by a defensive holding was another pass. Exactly. Um, run the ball. If you can't get one yard, one yard, then you need to fire the cut the entire offensive yeah. line. And if you are going to pass, do a play action bootleg. In my opinion, Mariota's got wheels; he can run. It just it's mind boggling. It, it absolutely is. If you're going to go for two, that's fine. But at least have a play dialed up to. That's going to have a high success rate. Yeah, and what you saw in that game was two completely opposite. You never see the Titans hit those deep bombs like the Chargers did twice. That's how the Chargers won the game. They scored 14 points off of big hitting plays. The first offensive play of the game was a huge touchdown pass where Logan Ryan just completely blew the coverage and didn't do his job and stayed off his assignment, and he gets burned by Tyrell Williams for it. You never see the Titans offense do plays like that. It doesn't happen because they don't stretch the field. They don't Mm. even try and the only player they have that that can is Taewon Taylor. He's a burner, but you can't. I can't even trust well, him to catch Davis. a ball. And Corey Davis is doubled. It seems like all the time. You got to throw the ball down the field, though. You got to give it a chance. You got to make him make a play. Make the defense make a play. But you, they don't have to respect the deep ball at all when you never even threaten to throw it. They never even. It's just a bunch of short five yard curl routes and slants across the field. That's all this offense is. It's not innovative like everyone expected it to. It looks like when I was sitting there on Saturday, Sunday, I felt like I was having flashbacks last season. I was watching Terry Rubisky's offense. I mean, it wasn't anything exciting or innovative no. or 
cool like it was supposed to be coming into the season when we had Matt LaFleur and everyone's talking about how, oh, it's going to look like the Rams. This team doesn't look anything like the Rams. They look boring. They look like a bad football team. That's what they look like, a you're bad right, football you're team. You're right, and it's bad when I feel like Tajay Sharp, seven catches for 101 yards is a career day. Like I think that's sad. Like yeah. You're our leading receiver. Quite frankly, you're not going to make the top three, be a top three receiver on majority of teams in the league. And you're leading our receivers in yards? Yeah, so it's like the Titans, they get one thing fixed. They don't give up 11 sacks. They give up two sacks. But then Mariota throws his first pick in the red zone, and they give up big plays. And so it's one step forward, two steps back with this team consistently, just like it always has been with this team. It's ridiculous. But, you know, they they just can't get it together. They just can't. Yeah, not at all. And it's it's ridiculous. And our receivers, man, I, it has to be the coaching with these drops. Absolutely, it has to be. absolutely has to be. Corey Davis came up with a drop. It's just, it's getting ridiculous. Yeah, and if you look back to last season, our receiving coach was in Oakland, and Oakland had the most drops of any team in the league. And they said, "Well, it's on the receivers, right? You, you can't coach to, to not drop the ball." Um, and then he comes here, and they can't catch a football. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that it's coaching. So it's definitely coaching, and they need to make a change at wide receiver coach. I'll say that right now, without hesitation, that he needs to go. Because he can't coach him to catch football. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous when you have guys out here who are in the NFL and they're, they're dropping balls. They're dropping more balls than a high school team does. They get paid to catch the football. Literally, they get paid to catch the football. Now let's look at Marcus Mariota's performance in the game. I mean, I thought he was pretty good. And, of course, the streak dies. He throws an interception in the red zone for the first time in his career. He had 41 touchdowns and no interceptions. Tip ball intercepted that's done but other than that he goes 24 32 for 237 a touchdown only gets sacked twice uh his rating was 92.8 i mean he had a good day i thought and so that loss was not on marcus Mariota. now i do have a problem with marcus Mariota in that in the fourth quarter he seems to play better which is great why doesn't he play like that in the first three quarters yeah yeah if he's able to play at that level to start a game changes are he's not having to play like his back's on the wall in the last few minutes, the last two – in the two-minute drill. It it blows my mind because it's like – like you say, you want to see it all game long. And that that's the thing. That's why so many people have questioned is if if the game's on the line, we know Mariota more times than not is going to deliver. Yeah. He's proven that. Yeah. Look back last year against Jacksonville to get into the playoffs. Yeah. Look in the comeback of the Kansas City Chiefs game. Mm-hmm. Look at yesterday when he scrambles and he trucks that corner. You know, like, our quarterback's running more aggressive than Derrick Henry. Like, but where is that mindset all game long? It's it just not – it's not there. And it's like it, it, a switch flips and he turns into killer instinct, which is fine. It's good to have that, but he needs to have that way more consistently and way longer in the game so you're not having to come back every game. Every the, game they're having to come back. The greats have that killer instinct all game long. Yep. Aaron Rodgers. All game long. Tom Brady, all game long. You got to treat the first quarter like it's the fourth quarter. And Marcus Mariota doesn't do that. And it just doesn't. He doesn't run like that. He doesn't throw like that. He doesn't trust himself as much. And he's got to change that if he wants to really become the quarterback that we think he's capable of becoming. Somebody who did look really good on Sunday, Deion Lewis. Um, I think we're both in agreement that this should be Deion Lewis's backfield. No doubt. It 100% should be Deion Lewis's backfield. He goes for – 
seven yards a carry on 13 carries for 91 yards. Had that huge 36-yard run where he broke tackle after tackle. Look like beast mode out there running. I thought it was going to be a touchdown. I mean, it just had that feel to it, but it was an amazing run. And that was kind of like, okay, that's why we signed him right yeah. there. And on top of that, he had six catches for 64 yards. Yeah. I mean, he was really good on Sunday. Really good. Yeah, and that that's exactly what we expected to see out of him. But like you said... This absolutely should be his backfield. I'm sick of seeing a truck in Derrick Henry run like he's a Prius. I'm absolutely sick of it. And you have you have Deion Lewis, who's like the little engine that could, and he, he just makes every – he just – he's electric. Yeah, he's, he he's absolutely electric. And so now the Titans have a three-game losing streak. They're three and four. They enter the bye week. Before they had to come back and play the Dallas Cowboys on Monday Night Football in Dallas, um, I, we'll, we'll break that down next week in depth. But I don't feel good about that game right now. I'm gonna be honest with you. You really think that team's gonna show up on ESPN in Monday Night Football? All I know is consistently the Titans like to just lay a complete egg on national television when everybody's watching them. So I don't feel great about that game. I don't know about you, but I don't feel good. No, honestly, I don't feel great either because Dallas's defense is no slouch. I don't really like their offense that much. I don't like Dak Prescott. I don't think he's an elite-level quarterback. But at the same time, he can hurt you with his legs, and, and they have one of the best running backs in the league. Now they have Amari Cooper. Exactly. It's it's. <laughs> I don't feel confident either. I really don't. But hopefully we can actually have an offensive outbreak that puts up more than 19 points. Yeah, well, you know who does have a game this week, Chase? The Tennessee Balls. It's a big one. It's a big one. Now, okay. So the Bama game happened, and it wasn't sixty-three to fourteen or sixty-three to three like I thought it could have been. It was fifty-eight to twenty-one. Okay, and that is probably the best I've ever felt after a fifty-eight to twenty-one game. <laughs> uh, biggest takeaway: Holy crap, Tua is really good at football. Yeah, uh, that kid can flat out ball, and we kind of had no answer for him, and nobody's had an answer for him, and I don't think anybody will have an answer for him all season, as I fully expect that team to cruise to the national championship. Yeah, Alabama with an elite-level quarterback is just – it's not a cheat fair. code. It's not fair. It's not fair at all. It's not fair. This is one of the most complete Alabama teams that I've ever seen, and I, there's a lot of complete Alabama teams. I legitimately believe this could be the best team in the history of college football. I, I'm serious. It, in my mind, it's up there with the 2001 Hurricanes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If they finish undefeated, I don't think you could argue against it. But some good things happened for the Vols. Number one, they scored 21 points on Alabama. That's not easy to do. Uh, they were also the first team all season to force Tua into back-to-back three and outs. Yep. I mean, there were positives to take away from this game. And you really like Keller Christ because you're overreacting. But continue. No, tell tell wh- the people about that. I really like Keller Christ. In the fact of when he came in, he just he had what you expect to see out of a grad transfer. He looked like he was poised, under control back in that offense. He knew what was going. He made smart decisions. And as a backup, that's exactly what you have to do. And then we got to half time. And Nick Saban made adjustments. But going forward, if JG happens to go down again, I have confidence in Keller Chris that he can at least come in there, manage the game, and get the job done. So you don't think – that Keller Chris should be the starter. No, he shouldn't. I, I remember getting a text, something along those lines. Yeah, 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 you gonna... did. I was living in the moment now. Oh, uh-huh. But okay. now that I've slept on it for a couple days. For a couple here. days, because yesterday. <laughs> yesterday I was Monday, I was told that Keller Chris was coming for that job. And I said, uh, you're insane, because that's JG's team. But, okay. No, 
I feel like, I feel like he put pressure on JG, which I, which I, which is good because J because now Pruitt knows. Hey, if JG goes down, we have somebody that'll come in and get I that disagree. Ball. But Strongly. you made a very great point yesterday when you said Alabama didn't game plan for Chris. Nope. And you're absolutely right, and that stuck with me. Yeah. And that's why I'm not going to sit here and say, start Chris, start Chris. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. They game plan for Jared Garantano, and then they went into halftime and got it together and came out and shut him down. And you're, shut you're, up a, you're absolutely right. But when your backup can come in and go 9 of 15 for 164 yards and two touchdowns, that's pretty solid. Very capable. But the Alabama game's in pass. This is the week now where we find out if Tennessee is any good or not. They play South Carolina. The South Carolina team that was so overhyped coming into this season, they've lost everybody they should have lost to, and they've beaten everybody they should have beaten. And ESPN doesn't like us very much this week because they give us a 19.9% chance of winning. I think they're insane. Because if you're going to try to sit here and tell me that South Carolina is just leaps and bounds better than Auburn, I'll tell you that you're an idiot because they're not. So I think Tennessee definitely has a chance to win this game. and But I don't know. And I think that's the whole thing with this team is – you look at who they've lost to. They've lost to Bama, Georgia, West Virginia, and Florida. All of those teams are doing really, really, really well right now. Really well. South Carolina is one of those middle-of-the-road SEC teams. Uh, before, we had thought that Tennessee was in the dumpster of the SEC. Now we're going to find out that they're already in the middle of the SEC. You're exactly right. This game's huge. Yeah, and after that Florida loss, we were talking about, oh, man, 3-9. and nine. That's yep. it. But realistically... Stealing a win from Auburn, this team can become bowl eligible this year. You have to be able to – pretty much you have games against South Carolina, Vandy, Kentucky, Missouri, and Charlotte. Yep. You beat Charlotte, you just got to get two more wins. Yep. If you beat South Carolina, I think you're going to a bowl. I 100% agree. Because South Carolina rolled Vanderbilt. And, and one, Vanderbilt's crashing down to earth. Yep. And one thing about South Carolina is their quarterback, Jake Bentley – He's, he's got seven picks on the year. But he's good. He is good. But if you get pressure in his face, he can he will make mistakes. And you have to but you have to be able to capitalize on it. Yeah. That's exactly what you have to do. And you're playing in Columbia, so you're not going to be relying on Nealon. We have a young football team. It realistically can go either way. Mm-hmm. But you can't let that environment distract you because it's look what we game. did in Auburn. It's also a night game. That matters in the SEC. It's an yeah. SEC night game on SEC network. I mean, it's a big game. And quite frankly, Jeremy Pruitt can make himself look really good in front of recruits yeah. by winning this game. And Jared Garantano can fully arrive so that my man Chase here cannot freak out every time <laughs> he has to leave the game and stake his claim as the quarterback for the next two years, two and a half years. And yeah. the spread right now is eight. Uh, I would be all over the Vols plus eight in this game. All over it. Because Tennessee is just... I just I I don't see how this isn't a close game. Now I say all this and they're going to come out and get beat by forty, but personally I just don't see how this would be anything but a close game, and so it can go either way. I actually am feeling better about this game than I have about a ball game in a hot minute. Yeah. So I don't know if you agree with that, but that's just where I'm. No, I hundred percent agree, and I feel like honestly, South Carolina minus eight is kind of disrespectful. <laughs> Like I, I really do because we just went and beat Auburn, who was ranked twenty first, a good Auburn team who barely got beat by LSU, who's turned out to be a really good football team. Yep. And South Carolina, at the beginning of the year, it's an Auburn team that beat Washington. Exactly. You're it's right. An Auburn team that beat Washington in the first week of the season. 
You're right. And there's no doubt in my mind that we can win this game, but there's no doubt in my mind that we're not that we're we could lose this game. Yeah, they have to let JG throw it down the field. That's one thing that's very clear to me. When they let JG throw it down the field against Auburn, it completely changed the game because the offensive line is not good enough to bully people off the ball and get yards on the ground. So they have to allow JG to throw it down the field to uh, Jawan Jennings and Callaway. You just have to. If you don't do it, then the defense doesn't have to respect it. They can just sit down on the run and tee off on you. You have to stretch the ball down the field. Exactly. And you have a really good safety blanket in Ty Chandler. Yes. He's proven that he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Yeah. So if the deep ball isn't there, it's not like he's out of options. And J.G. can run with his leg whether he knows that or not. He doesn't know that. I don't have any – Faith in JG running. <laughs> I, that, that ship has sailed. You saw there was one play against Alabama where he started to run up the middle and then he just slid right on the line of scrimmage. And I was just like, okay, that's that's the thing he did. Like he had no reason to, but he just did. He's scared <laughs> to run. That ship has sailed on him being a dual threat quarterback. It's not happening. He's just no. not. But one good thing about him is he does have a strong arm whenever we allow him to use it. Yep. He's got to let him use it. Cough, cough. Tyson Helton. Cough. Let him throw the ball down the field. And so, uh, yeah. So, all right, Chase. Give me your score prediction. Uh, score prediction for this week, man. It's a night game in Columbia, SEC Network. Everybody's watching. Uh, I'm gonna go Vols, man. I'm gonna go Vols, twenty-eight, twenty-three. I am shocked that in a close game you would go with all Vols. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I know, man. It's like it's almost. There's no bias involved there. At no, all. none. Of course, none. No, none. All right. Um, I think Tennessee can win this game. I think they may win this game. I think they won't win this game. I will take South Carolina 31, Tennessee 24. I think it's a good game, but ultimately they're just not there yet. But I do think that we're going to have a real good chance against the Missouris and the Vanderbilts of the world. But not that then. I'm sorry. Don't don't burn my head on a stake. You know, you know, you know, Noah. You just let me down, but you know who really never, hardly ever lets me down. Who's that? The Preds. A what? Seven and one. (laughs) Eight games into the season. I mean, they're on pace for like a seventy-two and ten season, which would be unbelievable. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they're good. (laughs) Every week, there's only so much you could say. They're really good. They're really good. So, uh. Not everything's good news with though. Yeah, I mean, they they had weak. They've shown weaknesses in the past, but that doesn't mean that they can't overcome them. You have Austin Watson who will be coming back. <coughs> One thing is Pecorine was placed on IR, which yep. you informed me that you know he has to miss at least three games. Yep. Yeah. So it looked like a concussion that he. Uh, so. Yeah, and it's one of those things when you have a concussion, you don't know. It could be a week, it could be a month. It just depends on when he comes. It just depends on when he comes back, you know. But UC Soros is more than capable of being a starting goalie. He'd be a starting goalie on, I would say, twenty-five out of the thirty teams in the NHL right now. So, or thirty-one teams because of Vegas in the NHL right now. So he's more than capable. He is undefeated so far this season. He's four zero. I mean. I have no questions about whether or not this is – it's not going to cause the Preds to spiral downhill or lose a bunch right. of games because UC Soros is the goalie of the future for this team, and he's just going to get a little trial run right now until Pecorino comes back. But 
you know, getting hurt like this, of course, you never want your goalie to get hurt, but it will help keep games off of him and keep him fresher for the postseason, which is always a good thing because this team's going to be in the postseason and hopefully they're going to be playing for a long time in the postseason. So the Preds are absolutely cooking right now. They know they sit atop the NHL standings uh, tonight, which is Tuesday. They play San Jose at home. San Jose like to think after they signed Eric Carlson that they had the best defense in the league. Um, sorry, no, you don't. That belongs to the National Predators because all four of their defensemen are better than either of the top two defensemen in San Jose, whether they like it or not. But we'll keep saying it every week. The Preds are still good. I mean, until they're not good, they'll be good. Yeah. And right this, now, they're this really team's good. built for now and the future. They're good. Yeah, they're loaded. At least they're loaded. There's the one team we can count on. You know who else is pretty loaded, Chase? You want to talk about something else? Talk about something else, yes. Yeah, uh, kind of. Tennessee basketball, new AP poll comes out. The first AP poll. The preseason yep. AP poll. The highest ranking in the preseason AP poll in the history of the Tennessee men's basketball program. They are sixth. Okay. What a job Rick Barnes has done. Okay. Yep. You have a team that was projected to finish last yep. in the SEC last season. Ends up making it the tourney as a three seed, let alone going 26-9. and nine. Yep. And the only problem is that Kentucky's ranked second. Yeah, that's the only that's the only, <laughs> that's the only issue I see honestly with the preseason AP poll. I don't see how Kentucky's ranked above teams like Gonzaga or Duke. I mean, Duke has one of the best recruiting classes coming in in the history of college basketball. You have the number one overall recruit in R.J. Barrett. You have Zion Williamson. Like four of their starters are five star recruits, and they're looking for a fifth, which. Yeah, looking back, though. Coach K knows what he's doing. Looking at Tennessee, I will take Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield on anybody on Kentucky's roster. Thank you very much. Out the door. So, I mean, they're ready, primed. There's more hype around this team than I think has ever been around a men's basketball team at Tennessee. Um, at least in a while. And this at also least- reminds me that um, I am – I don't know about you, but I would like to just say Tennessee talk is firmly on the fire Holly Warlick train because when there's more hype around the men's basketball program than the women's basketball program at Tennessee, we got a problem. She's done a joke of a job, and she's got to go. Yeah, She's got to go. This program is too prestigious to be middling around in the middle of the SEC like she wants to be. It's ridiculous. She's got to go. Bye. But men's basketball, fantastic job. You mentioned it. Rick Barnes has done an amazing job with this team. Yeah, and this team has experience. I expect at the show this season – I just I there's no doubt in my mind that we can't win that we should not win the SEC regular season. I would love to see Tennessee as a number one seed in the tournament, and it's crazy that we're talking about it, but it's not that wild. They could be a number one seed in the NCAA. They tournament, really could, and that would be awesome, absolutely awesome. That'd be huge. That'd yep. be huge. Just like you guys for listening to us this whole time. That's that's huge. It's huge. That's huge. But you know what else you should do? You should follow us on Twitter at TN Talk Pod. Like us on Facebook at Tennessee's Talk. Follow us on SoundCloud. Subscribe on iTunes. Give us a five-star review. That's all I'm asking. It's not that much. No. It's just like 12 things. That's it. We just need you to do like 13 things for us, and then listen to us and like us, and then you'll be good. Like, that's all you got to do, 13 things. It takes five seconds. You just follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to us on SoundCloud. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Share us. Five-star review. Out the door. It's easy. Absolutely. And listen next week, obviously. Pretty much. All right. So thanks for doing that. And if you don't, shame on you. We'll talk to you later.